The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Going old school on this one and just yelling, Happy Brendan Day! Happy Brendan Day! I went as far away from my mic as possible so yeah. it didn't uh, hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah, I backed oh. off also. <laughs> We've actually done broadcasting before that's the those little things it's the little things you know where we're not just screaming it straight in at point blank yeah i don't, don't want to hurt the eardrums i don't want to hurt people's feelings because i gotta tell you dan i have hurt feelings and i'm going to be reevaluated in two weeks please no more of this no more reevaluations. what's happening to the nba this is okay so I, I had a everybody calm down segment on a recent podcast and i still feel that way because i think Everybody feels like they're getting hit with injuries worse than the the next guy. Everybody has injuries. Every team has injuries. Everybody just has them at sort of different junctures during the year. I do think this might be the most uh, reevaluated in two to three week injuries that I've ever seen. Though that might be a real. I mean, am I now getting caught up in the in the hype on that, or is this this feels different? Like there's just there's never any timelines on guys anymore. Yeah, that was my exact tweet yesterday, actually. And it said it could be short-term memory, but I don't remember the end of the season featuring this many top 50-ish guys being hurt, but not 100% declared out for a long period, which is brutal for fantasy teams because you have no idea if you should be stashing these guys or dropping them because we've now seen with Rashawn Holmes that he was going to be reevaluated in a month. They reevaluated him, and they said now two to three weeks. And that doesn't mean he's going to be back in that time. In the good old days, we used to be, okay, he's going to be out for a month. And so we knew when he was going to return. But now all we get is the reevaluation stage and not when they're actually coming back. Everyone needs to know that when they say reevaluated, that doesn't mean they're coming back at that point. And most likely it means they're not coming back at that point because they probably need to be reevaluated again and see where they are. The only thing that we know for sure is if they're doubtful and they get upgraded to questionable... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Damn right, and they're playing that day. I need to call that the Brandon hypothesis or the Brandon corollary or something like that. That is really, I love it. You were just like, look, if they get upgraded from doubtful to questionable, they're playing every time. And it seems like it really does work every single time. Yeah, if you're, uh, if you're a premium subscriber and you uh, listened on Monday, we were talking about Tobias Harris, and he went from being out, uh, doubtful to questionable. And I said, play him. He's going to play. And what do you know? He played and he balled out. He did. He did. Works every time. Hey, is this your? Is that your ailment for today? Is is uh, your indefinite tag your ailment, or do you have a real one? Because I I am actually sick again. No, I expected. I thought an ailment could be on its way. I uh, on Sunday I got a bit of a sore throat, and I have my bachelor party coming up this weekend, and so I said, nope, nope, this is not happening. Nope, it's not. So I have loaded up on over a two day period. I loaded up on vitamin C, so a thousand milligrams in the morning, thousand milligrams at night. I took this weird thing from shows that like you take drops and you draw uh, and you drop them into your water, and then with some weird I don't I don't know what concoction it is, um, <laughs> Nasacort, uh, Zyrtec, and uh, throat lozenges. Wow! And it seems like over that forty-eight hour period, I I killed whatever it was going to be. I feel like I have like a scratch that's currently like in the back of where my uh, molars would be, but that's not in my throat. Huh? Uh, apart from that, yeah, I, we're in good shape. We uh. I, I refuse to let it beat me 
And uh, it's not going to happen. Not this time, sickness, but for you, it seems like. Well, I don't know now because you just gave me this fleeting hope because that's basically what I've been dealing with since Monday morning. Mine seems to have just started a day later than yours. My throat has been a mess for two days. Uh, It hasn't really moved anywhere else. I've been powerhousing throat lozenges as well. Um, but it hasn't gone away yet. So maybe, you know, yours sounded like it was two, two and a half days. Maybe mine gets better by later today if I could just shut up for a few minutes. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, it's possible. And I think that if you go to Trader Joe's and you get this, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's, it's like a little thing, you know, when you feed the rats, <laughs> that, that drop thing. <laughs> when, you, when you fill up that little tiny little uh, syringe type thing and then you do the little droplets. Boy, you that, are, you're really making it sound great. Yeah, that's it, listen. It worked. It was fine. Whatever it was, it, it's supposed to boost your immune system. Is what it is. It's immune system booster. Hmm. It worked. And so between that and the vitamin C, highly suggest the vitamin C. Underrated aspect. So you're telling me I need to I go find. Really it, you're telling me I need to go find and lick a rat. Is that what I just heard? Correct. Okay, perfect. I'm gonna do that. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm on the case. <laughs> Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. It's ailment day. Is back. Uh, I'm Dan Baspers. He is Brandon Marcus. We've got. A couple of things to go over on today's show. We've got the indefinite tags because there are there are a lot of them at this point, and you can no longer just refer to them with sort of a broad brush anymore. And Brandon's got some buy lows and sell highs, so a lot on the docket. Where would you like to start? The 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 ball is in your court, good sir. Let's start with the guys that are hurt because I'm getting a lot of questions on Twitter. Hey, do I drop Jaron Jackson Jr.? Hey, do I drop Holmes? Hey, do I drop Brandon Clark? Lots of those questions. And I think it's worth answering because the answer isn't definitive for every single person because it really does depend on your league, whether it's roto or head to head, whether it's daily or whether it's weekly and what place you're in. So I think it's worth having a nice little discussion over. So I'll I'll just take the roto side because I think that's the easy one and the quick one. The answer there is you're pretty much holding all of these guys because any games you can squeeze out of them is a good thing, at least for the guys inside the top 50. There's there's no question in my mind, and I would even extend that to probably guys inside the top 75. Once you get outside of that range in Roto, somebody else at this point of the year might pop up, kind of silly season style, that could actually be more valuable just to, to get into your lineup and get somebody playing so you don't fall behind in games played. But uh, the answer in Roto is is much more straightforward. You're, you're absolutely right. The answer in head-to-head is all over the map it's contingent on what place you're in what cushion you have on both the upper and lower side like if you're if you're in third place and you're way behind a top two uh and you're not going to get a first round buy in almost any scenario you're actually more likely to hang on to these guys than if you're in second place and you're at risk of falling into third right like there's there's so many factors you have to weigh in all of this so I, you know, we're going to do our best here. I think if is probably the the best way we can put it to to tell you what to do. But where do you begin to assess? Is the first thing you look at what place you're in in your head to head league? Yeah, I think that's important. I think that's really important to because I want to give a situation because I think hopefully it does help people. Um, first of all, I'm going to name a couple names and we'll go over them in a second. But Lillard, I think it's going to come back soon, so he's a for sure hold. The other guys we're going to discuss, Towns, Kemba, Simmons, Jaron Jackson Jr., Holmes, and Compella. So those are the guys that I think we should kind of talk about. You can add some more. But to your point, yeah, it really does depend on head-to-head. I mean, right now I'm in first place in one of my leagues, and I have Rashawn Holmes. 
there's no reason for me to drop him at this point. I mean, I'm better off being served, holding on to him, and waiting until that next reevaluation, whenever that does happen. Apparently, he uh, has not started practicing yet. That's a concern. Um, it makes me a little worried for his return this season. But that being said, I can wait another week until when his reevaluation is supposed to be and then kind of go from there. But if you're in seventh place and you're not in the playoffs, then you need to not hold on to these guys. I mean, you need to get rid of whatever weight is hurting you in a daily league. Because if you're in a daily league, every single roster spot is important. And if you're using those spots on guys like a Jaron Jackson Jr., then you're in trouble. And it really does depend, like you said, what spot you are in in the standings. Another thing I think that needs to be assessed before you even look at the individual players is when does your playoff start? It's not the same in every league. I, I, I mean, listen, I'll admit sometimes when I goof something up, in my main head-to-head league, I have one that I'm really laser-focused on. It's kind of what I think most folks refer to as their home league. These are all people that I know uh, at, that I've actually seen face-to-face at some point in my life, or almost all of them because, you know, you get a little bit of turnover over the years. Uh, I thought that playoff started on March 9th, and it was actually a week later. So there's there's more wiggle room. Go make sure you know when your playoff starts because you might still have three weeks as opposed to two right now. That makes your decision of holding on to guys a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, March 16th seems to be the default for Yahoo if you are having six teams make the playoffs. Yeah, and ending oh. and ending 10 days early because the regular okay. season goes to the 15th, I think, is the day, right? Yeah, so if you have a bye in the first round, that means that your first game is most likely not going to be until the 23rd. That's huge. So that's something to keep in mind. That it, Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a long period of time. So if someone does drop, let's say, a Ben Simmons, you can afford to grab him and see if he comes back. But it really does not seem like he's going to come back um, in a while. Uh, do you want to keep talking about the standings or do you want to talk about the players and then kind of talk about the standings with the players? Well, yeah, let's talk about the players. I think you're right. That's a, that's probably a good path. Cause then we can sort of draw connections back to where teams are. I mean, I, you know, the, the overarching theme here is that if you got out to a really fast start in your league this year and you've got a first round buy almost locked up at this point, you're going to have some pretty amazing dudes popping up on your wire that might actually come back during the first week of the fantasy playoffs, and only two teams are really going to be in position to get those guys. That's a, What a colossal, colossal thing to not be stashing guys and taking early L's in, uh, in your head-to-head league. But that's a discussion for uh, another show, another day. Players, let's just start with ranking, and we'll work our way down the chart. Is Carl Anthony Towns the, the first guy? I mean, he's the highest-ranked guy that could actually come back near the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I think Towns is probably the first guy that we can discuss. I feel like because of his ability, because of his upside, because he is a true first-round talent, he's a guy that uh, even if you're in seventh place, you kind of have to hang on to until the very last day before your playoffs start, and you have to find some other way to make up those games played. Is there a scenario where you could actually envision dropping Carl Anthony Towns? No, no, I think Towns is one guy you're absolutely holding on to no matter what. But that being said, I've been talking to one person on Twitter that's, I think, dealt Carl Anthony Towns for Vucevic because they're trying to get get to the playoffs. That's a type of move that I would do because we don't know when Cat's coming back. And if you can fill his production with about 75% of what you would get from a Towns, 
then I would do that. Uh, I think that it's worth getting off of the risk of towns if you're fighting for a playoff spot. If you're in the top four or five and you know that you're probably going to make the playoffs, I'm holding on to Cat. But if you're concerned about him being available for the playoffs and you're in that five spot, I totally understand. And if you're fighting for the playoffs, I think that's a time where you trade him and get 75 cents on the dollar. All right, so I'm going to drive a hard bargain with you here, and we're going to play a little game. You've got to convince me, uh, well, or, yeah, you've got to convince me to take on Carl Anthony Towns. I am now the other team, and you're the team that's grasping. I'm not giving you Nick Vucevic. That's more than I'm willing to pay for a guy who still might not be back in time for my playoffs to start. But I'll tell you what I will give you. We're going we're gonna to bargain here. We're going to haggle until we figure out where this might fit. I'll give you Kelly Oubre Jr. for Carl Anthony Towns. No, that's not going to happen. Won't mm. get it done. I'll give you Rob Covington for Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, you're piquing my interest. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if I'm going much higher than that. What about, what about Chris Middleton? No, I'm keeping. I'm keeping my boy Middleton. He's inside the top twenty-five. I can't do it. He's number. Geez, he's number eighteen. I didn't realize he was inside the top twenty. Now. Yeah, he's been good. What about Brandon Ingram? Hmm. This is intriguing. He's been slipping a little bit. Not a ton. I mean, he's coming off a big game in L.A. A little revenge action for Ingram, but obviously his numbers have taken a slight hit. Since Zion, not that not the massive knock that everybody was expecting, but he's yeah. still been down. He's more like a uh, what would you say, like twenty five to to forty range guy now, which is still pretty yeah. freaking good. Um, yeah. no, I'm gonna keep Brandon Ingram. He's been too important to my team. I, I just I, I can't be I can't be coerced to give up a top twenty five, top thirty guy. I'm, I need to go a little bit deeper. What about? What about someone else that's near Ubre that maybe has a little bit more shine to their name? What about I'll give you Shea Gilgis Alexander for Carl Anthony Towns? No, no, I'd rather not enough. Hmm. Interesting. Covington. Um, what about Bam Adebayo? No, he's staying on my team. Siakam. No, I got to keep Pascal. He's been crazy good lately. Man, you're tough. I know, man. Well, that's the thing. So this is what I think. This is what I think the roadblock is for a lot of folks that they're going to run into. You're dealing a player who's a transcendent talent, offensively at least, and for fantasy purposes, one of the top five. But he might not play the rest of the year. That's a big thing hanging over his head. Yeah. You know what? Fine. I I need to make the playoffs. I'll take Covington. Okay. Deal. So that, that, I think, maybe gives people listening an opportunity. By the way, we didn't script any of this. This is all, no, yeah, this is entirely off the cuff. Um, so this was not like, hey, let's bounce around until we agree on a guy. What we just figured out live on air is it's probably going to be someone in that 40 to 55 range is more than likely the best you're going to get for injured towns unless you want to wait and hope you get a good report. That's the That's the gamble right now. If you wait a week and something good comes out, you could probably ratchet that up to someone near 30 instead of 45. Or if you wait a week and they're like, he's still not close, well, then you're screwed. Then you're probably going to get somebody in the, well, well, let's scroll down the page and find out. You're probably going to get someone in the Jalen Brown range as opposed to the guys we were talking about here. So it's a roll of the dice. Right. And I have a good way to put it. And uh, I'm going to steal this from my brother, who's an avid listener to uh, Dan. He loves Dan. Um, If you had... 
Carl Anthony Towns, would you be more upset if he gets shut down and he's still on your roster? Or would you get more upset if you dealt him and you still had Robert Covington? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Mm, and he played, is what you're saying? You have yeah. Rob Covington. Yeah, and he Towns comes back. back. You still have Covington. It's, it's exactly the stock market. If, if, you, if you have a stock at $75 in the share, would you be more upset if it goes up to 90 and you sold it? Or would you be more upset if you still had it and it went down to 50 I'd be more and, upset if I still had it and it dropped. Exactly. Same exact thing, which is why I compare it to the Towns thing. I'd be more upset if Towns didn't come back and I just wasted that roster spot for yeah. two or three weeks. Yeah, and miss the playoffs, potentially. Correct. Because you're now sitting on a bad asset. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So, there are very... It's still, we've done all of this work here, Brandon, on the podcast. Again, talking to Brandon Marcus. It's Brandon Day, after all. BD Marcus on Twitter. Um, we've done all this work. We've done all this digging here. And it's still kind of a narrow window for the teams that should actually be doing this. It's basically teams that are going to miss the playoffs or at risk of missing the playoffs. And everybody else should probably just sit on the bad asset, right? Or is there, like, you wouldn't, if you were in second place and at risk of losing your first round buy, you wouldn't trade him to keep the buy, would you? No, but there are some of these guys that I think I would drop. Um, I think that Jaron Jackson Jr. could very well be a drop um, if you're fighting for that number one spot. Like, it, obviously, the desperation changes, whether you're in seventh going for sixth or second versus first. Like you're you're not gonna fall apart and and die if you if you if you're in second place. Um, like your season's not over. But if you really, really want to get out for that number one spot and there's money for that number one spot, I can see dropping a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I'm now no longer as optimistic about Holmes as I was before because the fact that he is just doing weights and he hasn't practiced yet, we saw him go to the practice court, I think, once he got cleared and he was practicing for at least a week before he came back. So it's going to be a little while, I think, before we see him. Um, guys like Ben Simmons, I think that he's a hold no matter what um, until that two-week reevaluation stage. That That's for guys that are not fighting for the playoffs. Again, if you're in the seven spot, I'm fine dropping Ben Simmons. I, I mean, you need to have in a daily league, that spot cannot be hurting you. And Ben Simmons, it really seems like could be out for the year. The guys where it seems like they could be out for the year, the Ben Simmons, the Clint Capella, those types of guys, I think you can go ahead and drop them. The Brandon Clarks that are top 75 guys, but now they're hurt for a little while. That's a guy I think you can drop as well. The other thing I think you need to ask, and I don't know if this is something you do as well, is I ask myself, do I actually have any chance of winning this league if I drop this guy? Right. If right. I drop, yeah, like if you drop Cat, even if you get into the playoffs, you're just going to get your butt kicked. That's yeah. why you have to trade him. Um, yeah. Brandon Clark, on the other hand, yeah, you, you still have a shot to win your league, even if you don't have Brandon Clark on your team. I love him. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite Roto guys, and he was looking at an insane opportunity coming up with JJJ out. But your team is probably going to be okay if you lose a top 80 guy. You're going to be yeah. all right. Yeah, exactly. And if you think about it, the guys that are being dropped right now from my leagues, to give perspective, in my big league, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is was on the team in second place. That's one and a half games behind me. He was dropped because the guy and I are playing each other this week. So oh, he wow. clearly does not want to waste that spot, which is understandable. Um, yeah, big matchup. I'm gonna, if uh, I'm in second place, I might just take that L. <laughs> Keep yeah, JJJ. Yeah, yeah. So he dropped Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, in my other league, Clint Capella was dropped. 
and also Jaron Jackson Jr. Because the guy who had Jaron Jackson Jr. is one and a half game spot back of a playoff spot, and he needs that roster okay, spot. Okay, that makes that makes more sense. Yeah, and then Clinton Capella, I think, was owned by the guy that was fighting for a roster spot as well, uh, or fun, playing for a playoff spot as well. So it, those two guys were dropping players that were hurting them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's and also at this time, if you're in one of those top spots, you can take on a guy that has a little bit of a question mark, a guy like Paul George, a guy like Jimmy Butler, for example, where it's a personal thing, and he hopefully it's going to be back this week. I mean, I just made a trade yesterday in my keeper league where I dealt away Jason Tatum, who's going to be $24 next year. He'll probably go for somewhere in the 40s is my guess, um, along with Bogdanovich of Utah and along with Conley. And I got Butler, Chris Paul, and Christian Wood. Whoa. Yeah, so uh, I obviously Tatum, it sucks to lose him, but that keeper value along with a, taking on a guy like Butler, that's a question mark, Wood, who is still rising and hasn't gotten to his potential. I mean, we're seeing it. Then it's you're in that situation. You've done well, well this entire season. Reward yourself. Also, you picked a pretty good opportunity to sell high on Jason Tatum. I know he's going to be a fantastic basketball player, but uh, he's not going to shoot 50% forever he's not going to average 30 points a game or four three-pointers forever um there's this there's a tough thing mentally for a lot of folks to look at a guy playing that well and trade him in that moment that's yeah. man you talk about the stock market today you're you've been ruthless yeah you know what it's you you gotta get in i mean if you're in the play you gotta get into the playoffs someone asked me a question on twitter the other day and they were in seventh place and they're like saying well what do i do do i hold on i'm like dude you need to do whatever possible to get in Worry about the rest when you get to the playoffs. Yeah. Because most likely going to be someone else that pops up. A Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark getting hurt was not something we looked at two weeks ago. And now a guy like Gorgie Jang, who was on everybody's wire, is now going to be getting opportunity. The same exact thing is going to happen in two weeks. I promise you there will be another one or two guys that pops up that will be important. A Kevin Porter Jr., for example. A guy maybe like Larry Nance. That has been dropped in both of my leagues. That let's say they shut down Kevin Love. Mm, Nance immediately becomes delicious. a top fifty guy. That's delicious. So, I'm sitting on so many Larry Nances out here. Yeah, I mean it's gonna happen. I promise you. So if you're worried, oh man, I don't know. Like, do I hold on to this guy? He's gonna be back in a week, a week and a half. He's a top 80, 85 guy. Drop him. I mean, th- you and I are very different in terms of patience levels. I think you're at the highest when it comes to having patience with guys <laughs> because you, you do Roto. And I'm at the lowest because I do head-to-head and I do daily. So I have very low patience versus you having very high patience. And I think that's, that's fair given the format. Yeah, without question. So let's play a little bit of a game here. And, and this is going to be entirely guessing on our part. But we're going to do our best. The playoffs for many teams start. We're going to go with the Yahoo default of March 16th, which is 18 yes. days away. Yes. One, two, three, four, five. No, 19 days away. 19 Apologies. Days. There's 19. a leap year to this yeah. year. Yeah, leap year. Um. Let's play who's back in 19 days. Oh, this is fun. Okay. Yeah. We may not get to the buy lows and sell highs, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. Well, we, we said before the podcast, and I said I'd rather do this, and let's see how much time we have. And I can also just rattle off the sell highs and buy lows, and we can do a quick little segment. We could do a Twitter post show with your buy lows and sell highs, potentially. Yeah. Well, take... we can just list them. Just go. Okay. So let, let's. Okay. We'll start, start at the top. Is, is Cat back in 19 days? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go yes on that one also. Um, By right. the way, the only reason why I'm saying yes, if they didn't trade for Russell, I think it's a no. But I think they want to have the two of them together, 
and Towns is more inclined to come back to play with his best friend. That's oh, what yeah. I'm hoping. Oh yeah, completely agree. He'll do he'll do something stupid to get out there at some point. The question for me, it's the question of is it 19 days or is it more like 25? Right. That's the, right. It's right on the cusp. You might, listeners, this is directed to you again. Uh, you might actually end up in leagues where Cat is dropped the first week of the playoffs and then is back the second week of the playoffs. You want to talk about a, a you know, you were talking about. Uh, you just got to get in and then you don't know what might happen. What if you get in and then you can pick up Carl Anthony Towns on like the first Wednesday of your playoffs? Exactly. Two years ago, I remember LaMarcus Aldridge was dropped and then I went and added him. And I think that that's the, what you were talking about with the one that everyone thought he was out and then all of a sudden he came back and I used all my FAAB on him and I got him and I had Aldridge in my lineup. Yep. You just never know. Is Dane back in 19 days? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dane's back on this road trip. Yeah. That was a relatively easy one. Is Rashawn Holmes back in 19 days? No. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried about that also. I'm going to, I'm going to also say no, but I am still going to hold on to him where I can. Is, yeah, uh, well, actually, let's talk about Lamarcus Aldridge. He's dealing with a shoulder thing. It's soreness. Is he back in 19 days? Yeah, yeah, and and I think with him, I think we're going to be lucky. I think we'll find out in the next two or three days if this is a long-term injury or if he's going to be back on the court soon. Yeah. Clint Capella? By the way, with Aldrich, that's another one. He gets hurt. Jakob Pertl becomes a guy that is sitting on your wires that immediately becomes someone that you can have. I'm telling you, there's going to be guys you can pick up. Jakob Pertl somehow was already owned in every single league that I'm that I'm competing in. It's it's the craziest thing, except for the points. I'm in one that's sort of little points formatty. He was not. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I need to I need to get back into an easier league again. Uh, <laughs> is Clint Capella back in 19 days? No. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna say no on this one. Also, Kemba. I'm gonna say yes on Kemba. Yeah, and also, how is he out after playing in the All Star game? I don't <laughs> yeah, understand. That's why he's coming back because he's not as badly hurt as these other guys. If he was, he wouldn't have played in the All Star yeah. game. Is Ben Simmons Correct. back in 19 days? No. I agree. Did no, they call it Simmons a nerve is, I think, thing? I think Simmons is done for the year. He might be. They called it a nerve issue, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and they say reevaluation in two weeks, and that's again reevaluation. And then Woj followed that up right after I tweeted. It's reevaluation. It's going to be longer. He followed it up with they're not optimistic about him being back in that two week window. That's just going to be when he's reevaluated. Al Horford may have been dropped in your leagues. There's another guy that's about to get a whole lot more usage. Uh, this, by the way, also completely tanks my Philadelphia makes the Eastern Conference Finals futures bet. So that one I can just throw into the toilet. Um, hey, you know who we haven't talked about? And maybe we can loop back around to him. Steph Curry is playing this weekend. Yeah, see, that's another example where he was dropped in one of my leagues. He was dropped in both of my leagues, actually, considering that I was the one. I'm in first place in one league. I dropped him because I bid 70 on him in my auction, and he got hurt. So I dropped him because I wanted that space, and it worked out where I streamed that spot. And hey, what do you know? I'm in first place. And Steph was added by somebody else. And then another league, he was dropped by his owner. And I added him because I was sitting in the playoffs. And I said, all right, let's try this. Let's see, sit for a couple weeks. Let's see what happens in the reevaluation stage. And they say he's coming back March 1st. So yeah, that's another guy. He's going to swing some leagues because by the way, if he gets two games in a week, that's enough. Yeah. That's all you need from him. He, it, there were videos of him that were surfacing yesterday of him draining three after three from 40 plus feet. I mean, that, that guy is ready to rock and roll. He, uh, I don't think he plays 30 plus minutes a game this year, but I mean, 28 is more than enough. I also don't think fitness is going to be an issue for him, though. I mean, it's his hand. He, he's. I think fitness will be just fine for him. Uh, I think it's just going to be a little bit of rust initially, um, but you have that couple of weeks before playoffs start. And, yeah, I think you need two games from him. 
If you can get 56 to 60 minutes from him, that's all you need. Yeah, unquestionably. And I, I, you and I both, we can take the L on this one. We thought he was yep. either not coming back or coming back later. I had him mid-March. You had him not at all. Yep, yeah. I didn't think he was coming back. There was no reason for him to rush back. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a weird situation. I mean, st- with Kyrie, you thought he was coming back, and I thought he was going to be done for the year. We really have no idea what these teams are thinking where the team that's in the playoffs is not bringing their guy back. And the team that's not in the playoffs is bringing their guy back. It just doesn't make sense. (laughs) I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Is Norman Powell back in 19 days? Yeah. I think he is, too. Yeah, I think Marcus All is, too. Yeah, I think they're both back before the playoffs. Is JJJ back before the playoffs? No. Yeah, I don't think so, either. That one hurts a lot. Yeah, the thing with the Grizzlies is I think they're going to drop out of the playoff hunt. Um, in the next couple weeks. Oh, they're in huge trouble. They're in huge trouble. Teams are keying in on Ja now, and they don't have the other guys to go to. Yeah, I think they're going to be in some trouble, although it is worth noting that they're still three games up on Portland. Um, And then they have New Orleans that's three and a half behind and San Antonio that's three and a half behind, which is why you think Aldridge will probably come back. Yeah, thank thank goodness. four games behind. Dude, the Grizzlies falling apart here is the best thing that could happen for those bubble teams on the West. Yep. Like, all these old guys that we were worried about, they, they're smelling blood now. Portland, we're going to get more Dame. You're going to get more Aldridge and DeRozan. The Pelicans, they're going to be... I mean, they were going to go full bore the rest of the way anyway just to see what they have. But all of those teams, even the Kings, you can lump in there. They're all going to be fighting until the very last second because the Grizz are probably going to lose two or three games in a row here or more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think the Grizz might be in trouble. We'll see in those couple weeks where they are in the standings. Um, I want to see who they're playing because if they they do have the fall hardest, apart, they have like the third hardest schedule in the league the rest of the way, or something crazy they, like that. They've got Houston tonight, which is a loss. Um, they'll play Sacramento, which is a big game on Friday. Then they play against the Lakers, and they play at Atlanta, at Brooklyn, at Dallas, then versus Atlanta versus Orlando. So they have a pretty easy stretch without these guys. Easy comparative speaking, because then they go at Utah, San Antonio, OKC, Milwaukee, New Orleans, New yeah, Orleans, Boston. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> Raptors twice in a row in there, too. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not they, they don't get the those Knicks. guys back in the next three weeks, they're in trouble. And uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark both will get shut down. Man, that schedule is – I hadn't looked at their count. I just I had heard they had a tough schedule, but I hadn't looked at it. After that game against the Magic on March the 10th, their schedule is as grueling a stretch as anything I've ever seen. Yeah, that that's really hard. At Portland, at Utah, at San Antonio versus OKC. At- yeah, Milwaukee, back-to-back with the Pels, Celtics, Boston, two with the Raptors. They have one against the Knicks on April 1st. That's it. Yeah, they're in trouble. That, that's like the only one that you look at, and you're like, okay, well, this is one that maybe they can throw it into cruise control at the Knicks on April 1st. Otherwise, they, by, by the way, they've lost three in a row already. They lost to Sacramento and both LA teams. What a shame. I really like that team. These injuries suck. They're fun. They're really fun. I mean, even right before those injuries, they won four in a row, then they lost. They won two in a row, they lost, and they won two in a row, and now they've lost three in a row, and the Clippers beat the living crap out of them. So you saw what they're capable of. Is Brandon uh, Clark second. coming back before the playoffs? Brent, no. His is less, I, I think he's more likely to come back. Um, hip soreness, and then it turned out, it's, uh, what is it, hamstring? Oh, quad. quad. They're calling it a quad. Yeah, quad. I think quad's easier to come back from than a hamstring. That's just a guess. Yeah, seems like it. I might I might hang on. I'm going to say yes, barely. He's like the beginning of that week, probably, the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Do we need to go any farther down the chart here? That's probably about as far as we need to go, right? 
Yeah, I think that's good. We covered Towns, Lillard, Kemba, Simmons, JJJ, Holmes, Capella. I think that covers most of it. All right, you want to lightning round your buy lows and sell highs here? I won't even talk. I'll let you just tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lightning round, buy low, sell high. We talked all about injuries in Memphis. Jonas Valanciunas is now a buy low. He hasn't been performing as well as possible. He'll be getting a lot more usage. He's coming off a crap game against the Clippers. Um, This is a chance to buy low. He's also probably going to do crap again against Houston because that's a team that's going to go small, and that really does hurt JV. So that's a buy low. Tobias Harris is a buy low with no Ben Simmons on the floor. Tobias will get a lot more usage. Those two are buy lows. Sell highs. Giannis. Milwaukee's going to lock that thing up, and you're going to be in the playoffs, and he's going to be sitting out games. It's going to hurt. This is only if you get a good return. Treat him. If you're punting free throw percentage already, treat him like a top five guy. Um, and then Wiggins is a sell high. Uh, even I understand what sell high. He hasn't been doing that well. I would take anything, anything for Wiggins right now because once Steph Curry comes back, Wiggins is going kaput. <laughs> well, well done, good sir. Happy Brandon Day to you. Thanks a bunch, my man. Happy Brandon Day, everybody. Let's talk about the uh, buy lows and sell highs on Twitter. We'll continue the show after I get this sucker posted, and I will try to remember to tag the different, not tag the players, but just list the players there. And if I forget, Brandon, I'm gonna, I'll just put that onus on you. How's that sound? Sounds great. I'll text it to you because I'm going to go take a nap. So when oh, I wake up my nap, I'll respond to everybody. Delightful. He is Brandon Marcus at BD Marcus on Twitter. I'll talk to you on Monday. Talk to you Monday, sir. That was a good one. That was a damn good one. Let's quickly take a look at what happened on Tuesday night, and we'll try to make this somewhat abrupt because we had, a, I think, a really nice uh, segment there looking at all these injuries. But just a quick uh, survey here. Charlotte got clobbered by Indiana. You guys know how much I hate the Hornets' fantasy assets, if you can even call them that. Uh, Devontae Graham sat this one out, and everybody else was terrible, as has generally been the case this year for the Charlotte Hornets. Miles Turner made a case to be considered fantasy relevant again. It's been a very odd and at times exceedingly quiet season for Miles, but these are the types of wild games that he can do. Jumps him all the way back to number 59, in 9-cat on the year. One game like this, and that's what it took. Six points. He only scored six points. Ten rebounds, two steals, eight blocks. Ten combined defensive stats. What a night. And two three-pointers. Obviously, the other news with Indiana, we talked about uh, Jeremy Lamb being out for the rest of the season and then most of next season as well with a torn ACL. Victor Oladipo still dealing with a back injury. And so in the meantime, there was a little bit of a discussion over which holiday was going to be the one to own. Now, in this ball game. Aaron Holiday actually played more minutes than Drew did, or excuse me, than Justin did. A couple of J's got me thrown off there. But Justin, from a fantasy standpoint, has all season long been the more reliable guy. And so that's the direction I'm looking. I actually think he probably plays a little bit more if this game isn't a blowout. But Justin Holiday, the defensive stats, the three-pointers, he's been unbelievably efficient this year as well. He's locked into a nice role. I think even when Oladipo comes back, they love what Holiday's done this season, and he's a guy that I would grab and I would start probably the rest of the way with Lamb's minutes going uh, largely to the two Holiday brothers. Milwaukee fell behind early in Toronto, but I swear there's just nothing that team can't do. They came roaring back, shot 38% and won because they held Toronto to 35%. The Raptors were particularly bad. Norman Powell, Marcus Gasol, we talked about the fact that Brandon and I both expect them back in the next week or two before the fantasy playoffs, and that's going to put a dent into, well, Serge Ibaka had a horrible ball game here. You can forgettable night for what has been actually a pretty good season for him, especially with Gasol being out. Uh, just throw this game out on the Raptors' side. 
Marvin Williams looked pretty good for Milwaukee. He's not going to see enough time to be relevant unless someone's resting. Uh, but that was a, a solid performance for him. Brooke Lopez came back after a one-day rest and had seven defensive stats of his own. Wildly underrated fantasy player. Again, Brooke Lopez, number 46 on the year and always going to be underdrafted every damn time. Oklahoma City won a tough one in Chicago. Bulls made it tighter. By the way, Kobe White stuck it right in my eye in this ball game. I said, what are the odds he's going to have another 30-point game as third in a row? He did. He did it again. He's going to get picked up everywhere. Uh, the, cold the cold spell is going to come, but he is getting to do more. So this is sort of two different stories converging at the same time. With one, he is getting more opportunity. That's, that is a very real thing. At the same time, he's shooting close to 60% on insanely high volume over his last three games. And his season number is still at 38.7%. So, yes improvements are being made as a young player. Guys do get better in the middle of the season. But this is also more of a sell-high moment than anything else. So if you picked him up, maybe you can get somebody who thinks that he's going to rattle on at 25 to 30 points a game the rest of the way and go trade him for a top 75 asset. If you can pull that off, then you're golden. His surge has uh, turned Tomas Sadoransky into a little bit more of a bystander, although I still think he's going to be solid the rest of the way. Wendell Carter Jr. now sounds close to a return. Otto Porter apparently is close, but he's going to be on a severe minutes limit, I would think, maybe even the rest of the season. So Carter Jr. is the one of those guys that I would pick up first. Oklahoma City is a pretty easy team to handicap these days. Nerlens Noel uh, got his 20 minutes. He just didn't do much with it, so don't change the valuation stance all that much there. Steven Adams has been playing uh, particularly well. Shea was good. Schroeder was good. Gallo was good. Paul was good. The usual fare. Denver blew out Detroit. There's your non-surprise of the evening. But Derrick Rose played well, so that's nice to see. Christian Wood also double-doubled in this ballgame, and those are really the two guys that you can trust. We got word that Luke Kennard might be back in a week. They are going to go very easy on him. I think I said this either on a pod or even it might have been in a tweet. Bruce Brown also was uh, scratched with left knee soreness, which feels like a very tanky move by the Pistons anyway. The point to be made here on Luke Kennard is that if he does come back in a week, it's going to take another one to two weeks after that to get him up to what you might call full speed. So you're looking at probably the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs, for him to become relevant. Head-to-head, -head, that makes a lot of sense. Roto, do you really want to sit on a zero for a guy to then come back and play three and a half weeks at whatever that might be? That's the question you have to ask yourself. The answer for some teams is going to be yes, because the opportunity is going to be there. But if you need games, like if you, you know, for me, I often talk about kind of drafting teams in Roto, hanging back just a little bit so you know what stats you're hunting for at the end of the year. I don't know that I really want to sit on a guy that, you know, might be a top 75, top 85 type of guy when he's healthy. Do I want to sit on that guy injured for three weeks at this point? What if I need, do I need the three-pointers? Because that's really what it's going to be, threes and scoring. Not really on my teams. I think I'd rather have a healthy guy. Even if he's not quite as good as Kennard, I got to make sure I get those games played in. The only thing you really can't do in Roto is finish the season and not hit your games cap at this point. Monte Morris has been playing really well for the Nuggets lately, but uh, doesn't change much with me. Paul Millsap got outplayed by Jeremy Grant. Millsap's still the guy you want in this one, and I think if this game was closer, he probably would have come back in uh, late in the fourth quarter. 
Denver was able to spread it around. They put up 115 points, but uh, about eight or nine different guys were a factor. And so none of them were fantastic. None of them was fantastic. Jeremy Grant had a really nice shooting game, but he's had a tough time coming off the bench here. And outside of really high percentages in this one, it, it really wasn't that outstanding of a ball game. I obviously made a lot of shots. This is a field goal percent game for him, uh, but the other stuff wasn't there. If, you're, if you were using him, you were hoping he got you some defensive stats off the bench, and that didn't happen. Brandon Ingram played well. Uh, Derek Favors didn't really. Zion missed a ton of free throws in a high-scoring game. And New Orleans somehow, uh, I mean, Lakers held them to 109 points, actually pretty good defensively for L.A. Lonzo was pretty good. Nico Melli's getting more playing time these days. Uh, New Orleans in general is going to put up bigger fantasy numbers than this. This was a game where Ingram and Zion really wanted to take over. And, you know, you could make arguments of whether or not it hurt or helped in different respects. I think with Ingram, it certainly helped. Zion maybe tried to do a little too much on his own at times in this ballgame, and consequently, Anthony Davis had six blocks. He had a tough shooting game, so give a lot of credit to Zion and Derek Favors on the defensive side. Uh, but the Lakers got 40 from LeBron James. We're seeing slightly more Alex Caruso lately, still not enough to make him a full-time fantasy asset. But let's see. Maybe this is something they utilize a little bit more down the stretch. He has been a clear winner for this Lakers team. They were so much better when he was on the floor in the ballgame. But no real adjustments to be made here. Uh, I know everybody's getting pissed off about Derek Favors, but this is what it is now. He's going to be playing 24 to 25 minutes a game. His rebounding is generally going to be better than this. They had 45 boards as a team, but it was kind of spread around. Lakers, again, a tough team to handle on the glass. Uh, and for favors, you're hoping for field goal percent, rebounds, steals, and blocks. Boston beat Portland on the road. Jason Tatum went bazonkers again with 36. Uh, Jalen Brown had a better ball game. He's been fading a tiny bit here in the second half of the season. Daniel Tice had 10, 9, and 3. Would have liked a defensive stat, but I'm not going to get too miffed about it. He looks really good. And then Gordon Hayward had an oddly quiet game, but he'll be fine the next time around as well. For Portland, they're just trying to stay afloat without Damian Lillard. Trevor Ariza playing very well without Dame. McCollum putting up big numbers without Dame. Whiteside. Carmelo is really the only guy that hasn't really seen a a significant boost here lately, and he remains more of a points league option than a nine-cat guy anyway. And Dame is hoping to be back, it sounds like, within the next two or three ballgames as well. Uh, As I talked about with Ariza, he has settled now more into that, you know, 90 to 100 range, which I always thought was okay, uh, maybe a tiny bit better than the expectation. I thought he might have been in that 100 to 115 zone. But certainly with Dame out, he looks good. He looks comfortable with this team. And uh, he's a guy that you can probably use safely. And finally, Sacramento went into Golden State, beat up on the hapless tanking Warriors. Marquise Chris at 21 and 10. He's been brilliant. Steph Curry's coming back into ball games. Draymond Green, I assume he'll play. Andrew Wiggins somehow managed to do almost nothing in this game. The Warriors are a real mess, but Chris you can trust, and then Steph and Dre when they play. Wiggins you can definitely trust, but as as Brandon talked about, you know, he's just not he's just not a great fantasy player. He had some good stretches this year, to be sure. Started the season strong, uh, but I don't know that he's going to be a nine-cat guy down the stretch. Sacramento side got a better game from Buddy Heald, so that was a nice little bounce back. Bogdan was uh, decent again. Nemanja Bialica was very quiet. He'll be fine the next time around. There's just, you know, he's going to get his 25 to 30 minutes a night. He's fine. Kent Bazemore is the guy I wanted to talk about on the Kings. Harry Giles deserves sort of an honorable mention, but of course, 
you know, he's a guy that you're still looking at Rashawn Holmes as a possible. Could he come back and bump him off? Keep one eye on Giles. Uh, we haven't seen enough consistency to say this is a thing that's definitely going to stick. With Bazemore, we might now have enough consistency to say this is something that's going to stick. He had a terrible free-throw shooting game. I can't fully explain how he goes 3 of 8 at the foul line. Uh, but he's been very much a guy worth using here lately. So check your leagues. See if Bazemore is floating around out there. I would venture to guess that he's probably a free agent in most of your fantasy leagues. Got picked up in a bunch of spots after that 23-point game. We talked about that on uh, Monday's show, I think saying, look, he's going to get picked up here. He might get dropped if the scoring dips a little bit. Uh, it looks like they really do want to give him minutes, 24 to 30, probably most ball games. And historically, you guys know I've been a big fan of Bayes' fantasy game. If the defensive stats are there, he's going to be worth using. So keep an eye on that. There is a universe where Baysmore is useful the rest of the way for the Sacramento Kings, crazy though it may be. Wednesday, quick look at the games tonight. Brooklyn and Washington, uh, not a ton to pay attention to there. Really more the health stuff with the Wizards is what's on your docket. Does Mo Wagner have enough wiggle room when Thomas Bryant actually plays? And does Shabazz Napier get a starting job at any point soon? So that a couple of things on the Wizards side to keep an eye on. Philly with no Ben Simmons here for uh, a decent stretch, it seems like. We'll keep an eye on how they pick up the pieces there. It seems like it's going to be mostly Al Horford. Uh, questions about guys like Shake Milton, Furkan Korkmaz. I, I don't know that I fully trust those dudes the rest of the way, but we'll you know we'll watch as well. No reason to write them off. I just don't think that you have to race out and grab them unless you're in a deeper format. Cleveland. Uh, I mean, it's you know four centers, Kevin Porter Jr. A lot of things to keep an eye on with that team as well. Sounds like Alfred Payton is back for the Knicks, so uh, that thing is off the docket. I hate watching the Charlotte Hornets. That's not really something I'm worried about either. Minnesota, worth keeping an eye on guys like Nas Reed, James Johnson. Is he going to be able to do enough off the bench? I think the answer is Nas is going to get the 28 minutes and Johnson's going to get the 20. But this is also a really tough matchup. Heater, uh, a rough and tumble team. We'll see if Jimmy Butler plays. They're obviously, uh, Heater, a lot better at home on the year than they are on the road. And that'll be the question mark on that side. Not much going on with Orlando. Not much going on with Atlanta. I mean, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. You guys know that's been a situation I've been monitoring. Memphis, who does pick up the pieces with no JJJ and no Brandon Clark. Gorgie Jang, certainly a guy that should get a strong look. Houston, small ball style. This should be a game that they win. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Eric Gordon is hoping to play in this one. I think it was the last we heard, but he could very well sit out, and I don't like his fantasy game anyway. Dallas, too much mixing and matching. San Antonio will be without LaMarcus Aldridge, so you got yourself a Jakob Pertl streaming situation. Clippers are finally healthy. I think I would actually consider playing Pat Bev and Paul George in this one second game back. I think the minutes should be high enough where both of those guys should be fantasy relevant. Phoenix, I think, is going to play them pretty tough. Suns look good. They're healthy now. Rubio's looked better since he's gotten healthy. DeAndre Ayton looks okay with the ankle thing. He seems fine, as far as I can tell. And then Boston and Utah on the back-to-back -back in altitude. This is an opportunity for Utah to try to get one against a good team. We'll see if Boston has enough left in the tank. Not much to pay attention to there from a fantasy standpoint. No time on today's show to read a, re a review, but I will continue to ask you guys to drop a five-star review on the show via iTunes. If you've done it already, try to find somebody else's phone to do it from. We really want to keep those coming. Keep the subscriptions and the reviews coming Subscribe, drop a five-star. If you write something, I promise I will read it on a future episode. 
But we had such a good one. Why bog it down with a long promo at the end of the show? I simply say, or beg, depending on how you want to phrase it, I beg of you, please give a five-star review. It means the world to us here. Please subscribe to the show if you're enjoying it. Big thank you to Brandon Marcus. As I mentioned on Twitter, we are continuing to look for recruits here at the Hoob. Go check that out. I'm at Dan Vespers. You can find that tweet. I sent it yesterday in the afternoon, and I will probably do more today as well. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Back tomorrow, Thursday edition. I think you got me solo for that one. And then Friday, of course, we'll wrap up the week in review. Once more, this is a hoop ball presentation. Great show today. I enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Talk to you in 24 hours. This has been a hoop ball presentation.